Welcome to your winning journey podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Lee. I went from feeling guilty eating the foods I love and letting the skill control me to now helping you overcome this. No matter where you are or what you're experiencing, you can always win and I'm going to show you how. It is now your turn to transform your health, mind, and life. So let's do this together. Welcome back to another podcast episode. Today, I have a very special guest that we actually did an Instagram live together. And I'm bringing Naomi back on to the podcast because we're going to talk about like what it's like losing weight as a woman of color and how to really feel safe with your food. And so I'm excited to do this topic with Naomi because she helps her clients lose weight eating foods that they enjoy. And so welcome, Naomi. Can you please you. introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me back on. Um, I really enjoy our conversations and communicating with our audience. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Naomi Jerez. I am Dominican, mom of two. I'm a food and health coach. I help women of color take control of their nutrition, improve their health, lose weight without dieting, all while living their best life. I love it. Love it. So I think it's important for us to name this topic as woman of color, because growing up for me, like when I started my journey, it was actually really hard for me to feel safe around like my Asian and cultural food because it was like labeled as unhealthy in the mass media. And also like I didn't see many influencers or YouTubers or just anything on Google that really showed like, hey, you can eat rice and like rice is healthy enough for you to like eat and lose weight. And so I've always struggled with like finding that balance between, okay, is what I'm eating healthy is the foods that I'm eating, like that I grew up with, are they healthy? And it took me like years to really unlearn, like, okay, like it's okay for me to eat my cultural food. And one of the reasons why like I even got to that point was I stopped following like these diet rules and one of them was actually like tracking calories for me and mm. and so I've I've learned that tracking calories didn't work for me because my food and where I come from like sometimes all the ingredients are not in my fitness pal right like I can't just put in every yeah. single like flavor that I'm cooking with in my fitness pal but what helped me recognize that it's okay for me to not track calories was learning how to read nutrition labels mm -hmm. and understanding like what ingredients I was putting in my food and like how can I determine like which condiments sauces or like herbs was healthy enough for me to use and that's actually how I stepped into like feeling more confident about what I was putting in my food and what I was putting in my body. And so mm -hmm. that was the really big shift for me when I started my journey. And I want to hear your thoughts about like, what were your struggles or even like your client struggles when it comes to them following diet rules that they didn't come up with that made them feel like they can't eat like certain types of foods um, that they really enjoy? Yeah. So for me personally, I grew up or when it came to diet rules, the way I saw things and I saw things from like me looking at other people and what they were doing was 
you eat whatever you want, but then at some point you need to stop and do massive restriction. Like you need to stop and do a juice cleanse for a week and you need to stop (laughs) and do like intermittent fasting. Um, you need to stop. And what was the other one I did? Like take diet pills, like keep eating, but just do other things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then that, and a lot of uh, what my clients come with is that only salads are healthy and like everything else goes out the window. Um, so it's a very big shift when we start to talk about food and they know and understand that it's safe to eat all the cultural foods that they have, um, that they enjoy and they love while also incorporating new things. And that salad is not the only healthy thing that they can eat. Yeah. That's so good because I think when you said like you saw people being like, you can eat whatever you want, but you just got to make sure like you do this extra thing so that like yeah. it all kind of balance out at the end. And to me, like at the beginning of my journey, it was like, you can eat whatever you want, but you just got to work out. Mm, <laughs> right. That one too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, but like there comes to a point where like you can't outwork like a bad nutrition or like a no. bad eating habit or like even if that's like something that you think is possible, it's like it's going to catch up in your mm-hmm. body eventually like I'm thinking about all the physical checkup that I had to go do like obviously like it's healthy there but you know when you do your blood work and everything like that like, exactly you really get to see like oh like is the food I'm eating really affecting my health and it is and that's where we draw that healthy line and I think for you Naomi I want to ask you this question because I know like finding that line is very challenging especially as a woman of color because I grew up using food as like comfort connection and building relationship at the dinner table right Mm -hmm. and we use food to really show love like oh I love you so much here eat my food like my mom used to do that all the time and even when we go to Thanksgiving dinner especially with the holidays coming up it's like oh we're gonna be surrounded by all these food and my question to you is how do you help your clients find that balance of like okay like this is emotional eating and this is like you eating for pleasure, but it's a healthy balance. Yeah, absolutely. There's, that's such a good question because I I try and build different avenues for this type of situation because there's no one right way or one wrong way. So the number one thing I try and teach my clients is how to connect with themselves and how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's number one. And what, what is the intention behind what or how much they're going to eat. So is it because they're stressed out because they're seeing family members they haven't seen for so long? Or is it food that they you wait all year to eat and it's all right there in front of you and you love it? Um, so it's really creating checkpoints within yourself of how you're feeling and also learning what your fullness levels are. Oh, and another thing is learning how to balance out your plate with what's there. Uh, not making something up, not creating something new, not saying you can't eat this or can't eat that, but how do you create a balance that you feel good with? And what I love to encourage is taking your doggy bag or making yourself a second plate because you know, you're going to be there for hours and you're going to get hungry again. But if you overeat at one sitting, you're probably not going to feel your best, but in four hours, you're probably going to be hungry again. Um, so I'm like, take the food home with you, make yourself a second plate and just leave it there, um, for later. So it's more of enjoying that moment, enjoying your family. And if 
you're going to be super stressed out about the food that's going to be there is not going to serve you anyway. It's not even going to be the food is going to be the stress. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to get you. So relax, enjoy, and then we can move on. I love that. And just bouncing off of what you said too, like one thing I do with my clients and also I do this myself because sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's fall season, this pumpkin spice lattes and everything <laughs> pies and everything. Like my brain is like, it's only this season, you know, like I still yeah. have those moments today. But one thing that helps me is like, I do this like five second check in before I eat, just like to talk to myself. Right. Cause mm-hmm. oftentimes like during these holiday events or just like family gathering at the dinner table you can do this even if like you have like a family dinner every day like it's helpful to just always check in with yourself Mm -hmm. but I just have like at least five seconds and be like okay how do I feel and like what do I want to eat and then I kind of pick whatever but then before I like finish my plates like I always check in again of like okay do I want more Mm -hmm. and why do I want more and oftentimes like that reason could be like, oh, like, honestly, like, I think this is the last time I'll have this or like, oh, like, it just tastes so good. Like the food mm-hmm. just tastes so good. I can't stop. And every single time, like my clients have that experience too. how I've overcome it, how I've helped them overcome, like, oh, the food just tastes too good is I usually ask them, like, what are you seeking out of that food? Right. Mm. It could be how you want to feel about yourself. It could be something that maybe you've been seeking for comfort because your anxiety has been so high. And so like when the food tastes so good, it kind of emulates itself as like the emotion that you want for yourself Mm -hmm. in that moment that you can't currently have. And so Mm -hmm. recognizing and asking yourself the question of what am I seeking from this food exactly that I need right now? And also just asking yourself, is this for my stomach or is this for my feelings? Like, I love Uh (laughs) the dopamine hit. It's like, oh, it feels so good. But then it's like, then you feel kind of crappy later on. And I love how you brought up um, taking in, taking, I guess, five seconds, I think for yourself and checking in. Another thing that I encourage if, If the meal is like buffet style or like family style, I love to survey the options before I start putting food on my plate. So I know what all the options are. And I always encourage my clients to do this as well. That way, you know, and you're not piling food on on your plate because that's the first thing that you see and you end up with a massive plate. But if you take a survey of what there is, you look at all your options, then you get to make a more informed decision of what you're serving yourself. You know what I just thought when you said that I that I know down the holidays and just any like family dinners that you have, that is the time to be picky with your food. (laughs) And when I say picky, like I I said picky because you said you survey the foods when it's buffet out. And I recognize that I do that myself too. I'm like, "Mm, do I actually want the lasagna? Maybe not. I kind of want this. I kind of want the turkey with the fried rice instead. And then my brain is like, okay, like we're not going to have the lasagna. Not from like a place of like, oh, I can't have the lasagna. But it's like, I genuinely don't want it. And I would rather choose different option. And you just have to allow your brain to get there. What if you don't have to eat everything? And it's because you don't want to eat everything. Like, what would you want to eat instead? Mm -hmm. Or take it home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, seriously. And when I think about using food for comfort or using food as a way to fulfill like emotions that you want to feel in your body. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've noticed when I coach my clients is it really comes down to them catching themselves when they're doing it to recognize that's actually what they're doing. 
yes. which is why I want to go towards the direction of tracking your food. And mm-hmm. I know I talked about how I don't track calories, but one of the things that help my clients and also me now is just taking picture of my food mm-hmm. and just seeing like, okay, what did I have? Or like even moments when I'm eating, I'm like, okay, I'm eating this. Like I have this on my plate and now I'm finished with it, but I still want more putting things on my plate and then recognizing I finished the plate and then me going to grab more, just me mm-hmm. having that awareness and pausing and being like, Oh, that's what I'm doing. Like why is a very powerful thing. And you cannot achieve that if you're not present with your food. Yes. So like, I want you to like add to that. Naomi. What are some ways you help your clients track to know the difference between emotional eating and like, if they're actually eating because they're not like full, you know, mm-hmm. I actually do that too with my clients. I have them take photos because it is very powerful. Um, a very powerful tool to see what you're eating versus how you're feeling um, and why you're eating those things. But I actually just had this conversation with my client this morning in relation to Halloween candy, because she told me she's like, oh, I ate more than I wanted to. Um, And then I didn't feel so good. And even when I didn't start feeling good, I kept eating it. Right. And we went into that conversation and I was like, look, it's not about the chocolate. It's at all is what were you seeking in that moment? Once you realized that you were satisfied and that you had, you know, your craving was gone because, okay, yeah, it's Halloween, it's all over and you want a piece of candy. But once you're telling me that you were not feeling well after a certain point and you kept going. So what was the feeling? What were you seeking? And we went into this whole conversation and I actually gave her um, an exercise to try because she really didn't know what it was. And then she said, oh, I realized that um, in the past, like I would hide and eat or I would kind of binge on a certain thing. And she hasn't built that connection yet. And she, and then she said, oh, but it's okay. Like the rest of the week I was working and I was with my parents and all that. And I was like, well, this is so, so great because this right here is the important work because most of the time we're not paying our attention to ourselves because we're daughter, we're an employee, we're commuting. Like we need to pay attention to so many things that we rarely check in with ourselves. And we stop at a certain level of feeling or emotion because then the rest is just really icky and hard to get to and uncomfortable and not it doesn't feel so good. So I said, now the work is to uncover why do you cope with the food in that way, right? It's not about the chocolate at all. It's just the way about how you're coping and what you're seeking. And I know that that week for her was um, a different week. Like the schedule wasn't as it normally would. So I was like, how are you feeling? Were you lonely? Were you tired? Yeah. Um, what else was going on? So that, that was her homework, but it's, this is the work that has to be done to uncover those, I guess, emotions or triggers that leads you to want to cope with food. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes the coping mechanism is the food. The point, like you said, is being aware that that's what you're doing. Yeah. And that's the best part, because as you're explaining that, One thing that like I have to say over and over to my clients and also like myself, right? Like you probably experienced this in your journey too, is you have to go through eating with shame, eating for comfort, eating Mm. for your angriness, eating for sadness, eating for stress. Like you have to go through like 
experiencing every of those emotions and having like an event tied to it for mm-hmm. you to recognize like that's not what you want and for you to recognize this is not how I want to be when I feel those certain emotions for mm-hmm. you to change it right and a lot of times it's scary to do that because you you messed up or you think that like oh if I eat from shame like <sighs> this is wrong but it's like you don't know that that is what you don't want until you experience it <laughs> Yes, that's so good. And it's exact. This is so funny, like the the synchronicities of things, because this is exactly what my client and I spoke about this morning. And I said, look, this past week, because she was feeling a little shameful about last week, she's like, oh, I didn't go where I wanted it. And I had her walk me through the whole week. And then I was like, wait, where is it where you didn't feel so confident this week? Because it seemed pretty okay to me. And then um, I told her, I said, look, the best thing you can do about this week is to just let it be. Because life is always going to be that way. Like things are always, this journey is up, down, backwards, forward, push, pull, (laughs) like all sorts (laughs) of directions, right? And these weeks happen. And I said, it's not going to do you any good to sit here and ruminate and feel bad about this week. It's just you, you let it be what it was. And then we keep moving and we learn from it exactly like you said, because we don't know until we go through it, what we like and what we don't like. And, and the point is to start building these mental connections of intentionality Yeah, because these situations always repeat themselves. They do. And they look different, you know? Yeah. So (laughs) next time you're like, oh, I remember that when my week looked this way, I did this to cope and I didn't really enjoy that. So let me see what else I can do. Right. Yeah. That's so good. And it got me thinking of your feelings will never impact your results. It's how you define your feelings that impacts Mm. the results. So it's almost kind of like the shame, the stress and the boredom and the comfort isn't actually going to make you gain weight because you're like, oh, like I'm eating like treats during this time. And like, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm I'm overeating more than usual. Like, it's actually not that it's, oh, I did that. I messed up. And so I'm going to continue messing up, which it goes back to the the all or nothing mentality of yeah you thinking that this weight loss journey is seamless and you'll never mess up but honestly like you guys like I'm pretty sure Naomi could tell you this too like I still mess up to this day and I'm still constantly learning about myself and my eating yeah 100% I still my main struggle I'll share with you guys (laughs) my main struggle is eating before bed to this day, like eating too much and then ruining my sleep. And it's been proven and I don't have the source, but I promise you it's been proven. One of my coursework's um, that women have a very hard time distinguishing between being very tired and being hungry. So your brain starts to trick you. That's one. And then two, as your cortisol levels start to rise because you're past you're up past your exhaustion time, right? Um, Then your body's like, oh, I need more energy. So naturally you start to get hungry. But I even told my husband, I'm like, can you please just call me out if you see me rummaging in the kitchen? So if he sees me starting to open all the cabinets and the refrigerator and everything, and he's like, Naomi, are you hungry? Are you sure are you hungry? And I would stand there and I'm like, am I just really tired? Yeah. (laughs) Am I hungry? (laughs) And it's such a bad habit that I picked up when I was pregnant and I'm still working through it. And that's okay. There's no shame. It's just my thing. It's, it's my thing. And I accept it. Yeah. And like, cause you're sharing that too. I want to share mine. 
I think a lot of people are like, oh, like Sam, I can't stop eating chocolate because it tastes so good. Or like I finished like the entire slices of cake and I grab another slice. And for me, mm -hmm. that's a struggle that I have with cream cheese wontons. I'm like, if I Those order cream good. cheese, I'm like, if I order cream cheese wonton, there is not going to be a set boundary. But okay, I'm only going to have two pieces and then my life is good, right? Like I'm probably going to have like four or five. And I used to have a lot of shame around that, but because I become aware of like every time I put like a set number of, okay, you can only have this much, mm -hmm. I actually end up eating more. And it got me thinking about this concept. There's actually like such thing as no boundary food. And what I mean by no boundary food is there's just going to be some food that you won't be able to control yourself and mm -hmm. that's okay. But it's about like, how do you want to plan like the environment to yes. set you up for success. I love that too. I, I'm a big, big, big advocate for being prepared as much as possible. And by being prepared, I don't mean like meal prepping a week ahead. Like that's stressful to me actually, but just knowing enough to know the decisions you're going to make, right? Very rarely is, and I've been in these situations too, where it's really just an emergency and you just have one option. What it is, you just better eat. <laughs> But there are other times where you know what you want. Like, you know, you want those wontons. I know I want that donut and those French fries. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, I can build my morning the way I want to, or I can build my afternoon because throughout the day, you do have multiple touch points where you can just make a different choice. If I know I'm going to my favorite donut place, well, then I'll probably reserve all my sugar intake for the donut place then. Or if we're going out to eat and I want fries, I have a husband and two kids. So they usually have French fries and I love French fries. I'll usually have a salad with whatever I'm having or some sort of veggie, depending on the restaurant. But you better believe I'm picking fries from everybody's plate, but I don't need my own plate of fries because I know there's going to be an abundance of French fries around me anyway. Um, it's different if you're eating on your own or depending who you're with, but I'm talking in this particular situation, if you're with other people in the community and they're buying things or having things that you want, then you can make it a share situation and you don't need to have everything on your own plate, you know? Yeah, that's really good that you brought that up because oftentimes when I tell my clients to plan or just prepare, right? Or like mm -hmm. you set yourself up for success kind of thing and we go through that plan and it doesn't turn out exactly like what they plan. And yeah. they're like, why? What's the point of this? Like I already like the, the <laughs> backup plan or the worst case scenario came true and I ended up like eating everything. Mm -hmm. And we had to really dissect like, okay, what were you thinking in that moment? Because you're probably thinking, oh, like, there's no other way. Let me just forget about this. Like, mm -hmm. there's no point anyways. Like when you tell yourself after you eating a quote unquote bad meal or you eating unintentionally, right? Because you mm -hmm. not that all of us eat on purpose to yeah. mess ourselves up. In those moments when you tell yourself it doesn't matter anymore after that meal, that's where you get into the spiral eating the way that you're not proud of. And yes. it creates results that you're not proud of. And so- I'm just curious, like, has that happened to you and your clients? Yeah, there has been th times when things go out the window, even though they have planned. Um, but it's practice, right, in planning. And it's practice in life. I love those situations because that's how life works. 
You know, it's, this is why these programs, the one that you run, the one that I run, they're not based on a diet because that actually makes it more stressful. So learning how to navigate these situations where there's like, I like to think of it as like a little dodgeball game where you have to dodge things and things don't go as planned. It's a very good learning opportunity because it's going to come up again. Um, And what I try and arm my clients with the most is educating them on like the food label reading, like you mentioned, and uh, learning how to build a balanced plate or a balanced meal, because then wherever they are, they can probably build something to their liking that's aligned with their journey. So there's been many times where I have planned myself and things go left and they have planned and it doesn't go right. But it doesn't mean that everything's out the window. I like to remind them that that one situation is a drop in the ocean because this journey is about the consistency and is cumulative. So that one time where you had the burgers and fries or whatever your meal of preference is where you think you blew it really does not have a huge of an impact as you think it might because is the consistency of it. If you're having this every single day, then yeah, we can talk about it. And usually I also like to learn more about the context. So let's say you're having a great time and you're spending time with friends or you're spending time with family and you just had an awesome time and this is what you ended up eating. I love that for you because the point of that, the intention of that was the community which is a lot better for your nervous system and for, and it is part of wellness than the food could ever be. So putting it into context as well. That's so good because I think like as women of color, you forget that you do eat because there are people around you and you do mm-hmm. want to share food with them because mm-hmm. you're having such a great time mingling. Yeah. And as you talk about how the quote unquote mess ups or I call it like learning moments, right? <laughs> learning moments, like being a drop in the ocean, it's recognizing that like sometimes the the day-to-day life obstacles that you go through when it comes to your eating habits, it's really not that deep. It's literally just being like, oh, this is just how my week is. And I think that's helpful for my brain because my brain loves making a big deal out of everything and it, it loves to go really deep. Like, oh my God, Sam, the reason why you act like this is because <laughs> of this trauma right here. Remember? Like, you, And I'm like, okay, it doesn't have to be that deep. And every day is a day to try. You can always try again. Like it is a learning moment. Like you said, the, the main thing is, making that connection. I can't like stress that enough is making that connection because then you're not really learning about yourself and learning why you're doing those things. The intention behind everything is super important, I think. Um, And not that everything needs to be so intentional, but most of the time you're making a choice for a reason or you want something for a reason. So just being like, oh, I just want it. It tastes really good. Or I haven't had this in a long time. I'm with friends. Um, I really need to actually, right before this meeting, I was really hungry. And I was like, what am I going to eat? And I almost ate a bunch of rice. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so tired. So I had yogurt and berries instead. And it was an intentional choice, right? And then later when I don't have to be as sharp and active, maybe I will have the bowl of rice, you know? Yeah. This is so good because I want to turn the topic and bounce off what you just said, because how you stop dieting forever and how you really build a better relationship with food, in my opinion, is tasting different types of food Mm -hmm. and recognizing how those foods make you feel. 
mm-hmm. and intentionally choosing I want this and I don't want this. And I know you and I have talked about how like for me, I barely eat white rice and the only time I'll eat white rice is if like there's like a family event going on or something like that but on a day-to-day like I choose to not have it every time I eat it like I get super tired and fatigue Mm -hmm. and like because it's refined carbs and refined just means that it's processed they don't have their nutritious ingredients in there because it's stripped in some way but during like Thanksgiving or Christmas I'm gonna be like yeah I'm gonna be having white rice I'm gonna have fried rice and all of that and I'm choosing to do that absolutely I completely agree because that alone will help you realize that you will naturally wean yourself off these foods when you realize how they make you feel. I have a client who's going through that. She, she loves pretzels so much. And she told me from the start, she's like, I just love pretzels. And the other day she's like, you know, I opened a bag of pretzels and I had some, and then I didn't want them anymore. Um, She's not enjoying them in the same way. And she noticed that it wasn't making her feel so great. Um, So that's wonderful. And me, I I thought I was pregnant one time because I felt so sick. And I was like, why do I feel nauseous? Why do I have a migraine? And I was like, I can't be pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized that it was a cake that I was eating. Yeah. I was feeling fine. And I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to have more of this cake. And then like five minutes later, I felt the same way. And I was like, oh my God, it's that cake. And then I was like, I don't even need to have this cake. It's not that great. It's not great enough for me to feel like really shitty. So yeah. And there's going to be some food where you're like, I will be willing to feel that way for this food. (laughs) 100%. I agree with that too. But you know that already because you had experience. I'm like, I know when I eat this, I get so bloated. I don't care. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. And that's how I feel about dairy. Like there's certain types Mm. of dairy that if I have it, like it gives me migraines or Mm -hmm. it just I break out from it. And I'm like, it's not worth the pimples or it's not worth like the the migraines and the headaches, you know? Yeah. And that's actually how I stopped eating like a lot of ice cream. And like I prefer to have like things that are not ice cream related because Mm -hmm. it just makes me feel a lot better. But there's some times where I want an ice cream cake and that's completely okay. You know, like, what would you say to someone who is in that stage where they're like, I'm, I want to have the courage and I really want to try how different types of food make me feel like what advice would you have? I have one thing that I always say to my clients and it freaks them out. I'm so curious what you say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I can go first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go first. I now tell, like, I tell, so I, like every time my clients work with me, I'm like, Hey, you can eat whatever you want. Just, uh-huh. just eat whatever you want and they'll look at me like I'm crazy like Sam I'm trying to lose weight why are you trying to tell me to eat everything uh-huh. I was like because you haven't been able to have everything you want up to this point like because they've been mm. dieting for so long right and so okay. they don't even know like they don't even know how like certain foods make them feel because they don't even they haven't given themselves the chance to even buy it mm. or to even like have it I frequently see. enough for them to be like oh like I'm choosing not to have this. Like I had a client that literally had those uh, little Debbie brownies, the double ones. Mm, yeah. And she would have it like once a day for like her dessert meal. Mm. And eventually she's like, oh, I don't want this anymore. Like it just makes me feel like crap. But like before, like we started working together, she's like, oh, I only have dessert once a week. Mm-hmm. And that was creating more like cravings in her body. Yeah. To be like, I want more and more. And I'm like, just just schedule out your dessert she's like she looked at me like I'm crazy like who schedules out their dessert I'm like just do it (laughs) and like she did it for a whole week and she's like I actually don't want this anymore like it's just too much and I'm like 
but you don't know you, the amount of sugar you can intake or the mm-hmm. amount of food you can have until you have it frequently and yeah. you can't harm yourself in that time because it's not like it's a long period of time it's you only need a week and then you will start to pick up like data like body body information from mm-hmm. you consuming that for you to be like I'm actively choosing to not have this so like that's like an exercise that I have my clients do and they look at me like I'm crazy but it actually helps them start to build the the muscle of like oh I can give myself permission I can have this or like oh it's always available to me yeah yeah you know? so my clients don't necessarily come to me because they they're dieting yeah they are actually already eating all the things um that they enjoy so the the I do the same but the strategy is a little different so they start tracking their food and we start up let's say or like changing things around and by that I just mean switching the quality of the ingredients that they're using we're not taking food away is just looking at the quality of the ingredients and how can we make this better? But the meal structure for, for example, one of my clients, um, had pancakes, bacon, and eggs on her plate. And we just modified the quality of the pancake. It's not like we took it away and the quality of the bacon, when they go back and eat whatever they originally were eating, let's say they go back to the original pancake mix. And from the start, I start telling them, start to notice how you feel in your body after you eat, period. Not not what we changed, not what we didn't change, because it takes about a month for them to actually start to implement all these things, right? Mm -hmm. So they're already starting to, now they have it in their brain that they should start seeing how they feel in their body. And then we start making those flips, let's say those food flips. And eventually, sooner or later, they're going to go back to whatever they were eating. And then they come to me and they're like, Naomi, you know, I ate that thing I really loved and I felt so bloated and I felt so sick. And I didn't even notice it was making me feel that way because they were always living in that state or it's made super normal for us to feel sick after a meal or that's what everybody's eating in the family, things like that. So they themselves discover this and they come to me like, Oh my God. And I just sit there and smile because I'm like, yes, because it needs to click for them with their own experiences. Right. I 100% have been through all those experiences. And I know that's when it starts to stick and you start to learn. Um, so that's how my clients experience it from this end a little bit. That's so cool. And I say that because like, it's literally like the flip of what I said, you know, like similar (laughs) because I'm thinking, because we serve different people in the different parts of their journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? In their weight loss Mm -hmm. and health journey. And that's actually the second step that I do with my clients when they actually learn that the food that they want is available to them. And now we're Mm -hmm. like, okay, let me, let's find like a, a healthier alternative. Let's start like refining these meals and make it like higher quality and then they start to feel the difference kind of like what you said but it's like it's something you can't rush right and so something I want to add to the audience that's listening it's like you really have to just test it out Mm -hmm. try it out see how certain types of food make you feel and it could be as simple as you being so used to eating pork bacon and now you're eating turkey bacon like I know Mm -hmm. that was a major transformation for me because stopped feeling like super uh fatigued when mm-hmm. I had that mm-hmm. and it could be as simple as like going from regular pancakes to Kodiak pancakes. Like yeah. that's like the pancakes that I love to eat now. You know, I can't I have the regular too. ones, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, you don't even have to go from like zero to a hundred. Like I even tell my clients, what kind of oil are you using to cook? 
One hundred percent. Like, what if that could just be the first thing that you change and just see how mm-hmm. it feels? Growing up, I used to eat vegetable and corn oil. Like mm-hmm. that's what we use for cooking, and now I just use olive oil. Mm-hmm. Right, and I love it so much more. And I used to eat a lot of ground pork. And now mm-hmm. I only eat like ground turkey. Like, it didn't go from like tomorrow, I'm going to switch everything in my fridge, start new. I was like, oh, let me just make adjustments that it, that I can handle right now. 100%. Let me just take like however many I can make change in this moment that doesn't feel like I have to literally be a different person. That's so funny that you mentioned that being a different person, because one of my clients said, I love this journey because I feel like I've I haven't lost myself. Like I can still be myself. And that's the whole point. Like you said, making adjustments a little bit at a time. And I always tell my clients and everyone, even when they ask me like, Oh, how do you eat now? And I'm like, I eat everything I want. And they look at me like I have three heads and I'm like, (laughs) I'm serious. I eat everything I want. And I tell my clients, there's a solution to every single thing you want to eat. Like every single thing you can have, it's all about most of the time, the quality, like you said, switching out the vegetable oils, looking at the ingredient labels, you can make the same exact meal and have it be a total bomb to your health, or it can be such a great addition to your health. And if you look at the plate is the same foods on the plate, right? really good because I think when it comes to being a woman of color and us having, you know, cultural backgrounds and cultural dishes, I used to feel like that was impossible with my ethnic food, mm-hmm. like my monk food, because there's so many like ingredients that goes into it. But then when I started switching from ground pork to like ground turkey, like now I make my egg rolls of ground turkey. Mm. And then instead of having like beef pho all the time, I'll have like chicken pho. Yeah. So it's like making those like little tiny changes and they're still really delicious. Like they'll still hit the spot when I have cravings. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I have people come over all the time and they're like, they're like, oh, I don't eat that. Or I don't eat that. Oh my gosh. Brown rice. Oh, potatoes. I don't eat that. And it's so funny because I'm, I'm usually like, I'm not pushy because that never works. Don't push people into trying things. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, it tastes really good. It tastes the same, but it, you know, whenever you're ready, it's fine. And I'll just leave it there. And then they start to get really hungry and then they want to try it. And (laughs) it's so funny because they're like, oh my gosh, this tastes really good. This tastes even better. And they go for seconds and thirds. And I'm like, oh, I thought you'd enjoy that. You didn't enjoy that. And they're like, well, this one is good. You know, yeah. so it's all about, I, I like to think too about trying different ways that people prepare the food or there's a lot of stigmas between quote unquote healthy or unhealthy yes. food or what tastes good or what tastes bad. So what I find a lot too is that people have had a negative experience with these foods in the past. So they're yes. very, you know, afraid to try them now as adults. And I totally get that. So it's, it's like an easing in process of having people try these scary vegetables or scary fruits that they probably tried from a can in their school lunch, you know, or they were yeah. over or they weren't seasoned well, Uh, but they can be so beautiful and delicious if you give them another shot and they're prepared well, you know? Yeah, that that is like so true because healthy foods only taste nasty if you are eating it like the way you see it online. <laughs> like, <laughs> like whatever you're Googling, like how to eat clean, right? Like yeah. it's not going to taste good if you have it like that because healthy food doesn't necessarily mean it's unseasoned and like yes. 
black pepper and salt or that like it has no flavor you have to eat like the driest chicken in the world like it doesn't actually mean that at all it's literally like choosing ingredients that still taste good but like are so much more higher quality and when I say higher quality it's like you can read the the nutrition label at the bag and understand like what you're putting into your Mm -hmm. body and you know like what's in that food right like if you look at black pepper you'll see like black pepper on there but there has been times where i would buy like an olive oil cooking spray and it doesn't say olive oil only it says olive oil and then it says like um there was another like rubber or something like that rubber i think it was was it rubber or it was uh silicone oh yeah and i'm like yo and i'm like well i don't want the one with the silicone you know what i mean like i'm gonna buy the one that just says like olive oil on it and it, it could be as simple as that like you looking at food and being like oh okay so these fruits in this can like do they have added sugar mm-hmm. or is it just like the actual fruit like it could be mm-hmm. as simple as that like that is considered healthy 100 percent. i love to remind everybody to that the front of whatever packaged food it is is an ad is yeah. advertisement is marketing they put key trendy words all the time in the front of the packaging and it's really important to look at the back because in the back they should be (laughs) they should be listing exactly what's in there and there's times like even with just regular tomato sauce you look at the back and some of them say it has cornstarch and sugar and all these things on there and then there are other ones that it's like tomato and salt, pepper, olive oil. So you want to go with that. And they're both in the front, say tomato sauce, right? Non-GMO or whatever it is. So you do want to read the back with oils is the same thing because they create oil blends. So the front might say olive oil, but it might say olive oil blend and you don't even notice. And then it's like, half soybean oil, half olive oil, because yeah. it's cheaper for them. Right. But if you don't read the back and you're not careful, then you might be buying it and thinking it's just olive oil, you know? Yeah. That got me thinking of like when you read labels and it says it has 14 grams of protein. You look at the back yeah. and it has like 12 grams of saturated fats. And you're like, <laughs> I don't think I want to have that. And, and what I'm, what I'm saying, like saturated fats is under the fats area of yeah. the nutrition label. And like, those things are mainly in like red meats and everything like that. But it's something that is on the unhealthier side. Like obviously you can eat it. It's in sausages and red meats and dairy products, but yeah, you can consume it in moderation, but if you use it every day and you're like, Oh, like it's because I want the protein that's listed. It's like, no, like there's different options to pick. From, yeah, you know? absolutely. Having a balance is definitely great for that. And I think like, those saturated oils, especially in baked goods are the most, you want to be careful with those because it's not even supposed to be in there. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Oh my God. This is so good. So I think like, since we're like near time, I want to wrap this up, but what would you say or what advice would you have for someone that's starting their health journey, weight loss journey that wants to just really build a healthier relationship with food while including like their background, right? Their background, mm-hmm. their culture. Number one, patience. Yes. <laughs> Number two, I think one of the key things is learning about food and how it acts in the body and just 
how food is meant to work in our body. Because then when you're making decisions and you're having, picking your choices, whether it's like your cultural foods or anywhere, you know exactly what you're doing instead of thinking this might be a good choice. Like you will be confident in knowing why you're choosing those things. And it's also helpful when you are in these situations, when other people are there and we all know family likes to put their two cents in, right? On what you're doing and what you're not doing. So I find that when you have a knowledge base behind you and you start learning about food in this way, then when you go and make your decisions, even if somebody's telling you something, you'll be very empowered and you'll be very confident in making those choices instead of questioning yourself or just following along or doing the trends, things like that. I love it. I love it. One thing I would say is focus on awareness versus perfection. Mm. And I say that because like, it's really easy to get caught up in like, I have to do this right. Or like, am I doing this wrong? And it's important for you to recognize that in your weight loss journey or health journey, and when you're building a better relationship with food, it's about collecting more data about yourself. Like, how do you act Mm -hmm. around food? How does certain foods make you feel? And how do you act in certain situation, right? Thinking about Mm -hmm. the holidays coming up when you're around your family, when you're around your mom, or when you're around that auntie that makes comments about your body, right? Mm -hmm. And letting yourself just focus on being more aware. And I feel like that's actually like how I got to where I am was collecting data and being so curious about like how I would act in certain situations that Mm -hmm. really led me to create the lifestyle that I want more than am I doing this right? Or like, am I doing this the wrong way? I couldn't agree more. That's so true. It's literally learning about yourself and how you feel. Yeah. That's it. So thank you so much, (laughs) Naomi, for joining. Thanks for having me, Sam. Thank you. Where can the people find you? I'll leave your information in the show notes, but where can the people find you? Can you tell me? Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram at Naomi Jerez, N-A-I-H-O-M-Y-J-E-R-E-Z. It's, yes, a very unique spelling. My website is NaomiJerez.com. On my website, you can find some free resources. There's a guide on how to lose weight without dieting and a workshop that you can download on how to eat with confidence. So come chat, DM me, and yeah. Do you have any anywhere where people can connect with you if they want to work with you? Like, what do you have available? Like one-on-one coaching or anything like that? Yeah, I do one-on-one coaching for six months where we really take a deep dive into everything that we spoke about in this entire episode. So yeah, let's get um, together. There is a link on my bio on Instagram and on my website where you can book a consultation so we can get started. Don't wait till January. You can start right now during the holidays, as you saw between Sam and I's conversation, it's really not that scary. And it's actually a great opportunity to learn a lot about yourself during the holidays. So that'd be awesome. Awesome. Yes, guys, go follow her. I'll leave her information in the show notes below. But also for me, make sure that you tag us on Instagram when you're listening to the podcast. 
And we will love to hear your feedback. Uh, currently, I do have one-on-one coaching spots available as well. It's six months. And this is the program when I help you lose 20 pounds without dieting. And we really help you feel more confident with the culture foods that you want to eat so that you can allow yourself to create a permanent healthy lifestyle where you don't have to follow any diet rules that you've been taught. So if that's something that you've been thinking about, go ahead and click the link in the show notes below and book a sales call. And from there, we'll chat to see like if you're a great fit on this call. We really talk about like your weight loss struggles and journey and really see like what's keeping you stuck and how we can help you move forward. So thank you so much for listening. And until then, I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode. Now, if you want to lose your first 10 to 20 pounds, eating what you like, no diets, no restriction, and build a consistent and confident lifestyle, my one-on-one coaching program is now open for enrollment. To apply, visit www.superlysamp.com. And from there, we'll book a call to see if you are a great fit. I'm so excited to serve you in this program. But until then, I'll talk to you next week.